Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because my guest is my good friend who's a comic, financial advisor, dad, writer, conspiracy theorist, podcaster, rock and roll star, musician, video producer, Sheldon Anderson. Hey, Bob. God, I wanted to interrupt you like 12 times because uh, I know we've worked together before. We and have I, worked together. And Vanessa, wife, says you always interrupt Bob. And I thought, well, I should do that. But boy, that was a good intro. You've really worked on that. That, I, that took some effort. You actually it, wrote it out, I thought did. about it beforehand. I, so this is a lot different than when we used to work together where you winged everything into a toilet. Well, because I was modeling you. Oh, yeah? So, were you modeling? I just, I was oh, like, you always wanted to model. Yeah, but, I well, mostly hand model is oh, yeah. what the uh, dong model. Yeah, exactly. I guess you got a creepy one down there. Well, jeez. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go there. Okay, so soon, Bob. So how you doing? I love you. Good to yeah, see you. Good you're to see you're you. uh, crooked. You're always crooked. My Somewhere. glasses are. Always Why crooked. is that? Because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not cool. Okay, neither yeah, am I. That's so. That's just. There we go. Yeah, great. Let's not be cool together. Let's not be, there we are. Turns out those are the people running the world, anyways. They are. So here's. <laughs> Here's oh, the thing. You still have it. I hear, I still, you stole it from our podcast. You're playing it to this. And okay. I actually usually it's, don't do it. But to, here's the thing. Okay. We first met at the comedy store, I believe, in the belly room when you <laughs> mentioned to me that I didn't show up for a lot of my spots because they weren't telling me I had spots or something. Oh, yeah. Like, that's who's right. the guy that never comes for his spots? Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I have blanked out a lot of the time I spent at the comedy store because it was always so challenging and it didn't reward much other than probably my drunken behavior and maybe, you know, one laugh per five jokes that well, I laid out to the table. So No, but here, well, and if you write funnier jokes, you'll get like a better return. Oh, is that how it works? That's how it works. Oh, comedy is about <laughs> laughter? <laughs> Just sometimes. Hey, yeah. Sometimes. Well, I was at hosting. You were hosting. I, I hosted for like three or four years in the belly room with Brian Irwin and Peter Sprite. And then... And then the Jerome, famous Jerome Large-Headed Cleary. And, uh, and he listens to every one of these, by the way, so... Well, good, because he's a great guy. All right. He has a giant <laughs> head. He knows these things. What do you want from me? I mean, there, there couldn't be so much dynamism in his brain if it wasn't so physically large. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. And now you're... Uh, so you're uh, you're, fi- you're financially advising people, or you're selling... Kind of. Well, you're, you're advising people to buy gold. I told an old lady today that was nervous after we'd done a transaction, and that's typical with me with women, that... Yeah, they're, um, they're usually nervous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, don't worry. Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> it's in. It hurt. Uh, it, hurt, it hurt me more than it hurt you, young lady, uh, who was 85, which is also fairly well. Well, that's young for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like, well, I'm not sure if I did the right thing. Every 85-year-old woman I talk to sounds like Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. And I said, ma'am, what you've done is you have set a tangible trajectory away from a financial crisis and it's a lifeboat going in the opposite direction of a possible debt bubble that's here. And you see that debt bubble, yes? Yes, so you're okay with this trajectory going the opposite direction, meaning setting an intention out in the future for finances. Does that make sense? And she felt pretty confident. I thought, man, that was a lot of bullshit I just laid out there because well, I freaking well, made some money off that lady. Boom, chicka jam, right. making you, that cash. You just put her on a lifeboat and you filled it up with a bunch of heavy metal. That's what I did. So and she's so going to sink. The boat is going right. to sink. That's Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody will find the treasure at the bottom of the sea. That's why I said, sunk you, old lady. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
So okay. it's not it's it is financial advice. Turns out, although parameters at the firm would say don't give financial advice. Right. So you kind of Never. walk around it. So yeah, it's it would be contrarian financial advice. Basically, you say to people, "Here's where the problem is." 08 yep. never solved debt bubble. All right. Here's where your options are: bonds, stocks, cash. Not good options. No. Are Here's you, where you're all, and then that's it. Does this get boring? It, well, is this some people? Is no, that to the old people? The old people love is it. Is this podcast about finance? But um, what I want to ask I'm you sorry, is: I took do, an you extra sell, do you still sell EBITDAs or whatever those things are? It, it, uh, well, it, you know what's funny? Vibas. Vibas. Voluntary employee. Get a Viba. Get a no, Viba. because it is so funny. You mentioned that because the other day I was talking to a guy who used to sell them about ten <laughs> years ago when they were like all the rave because right. you could carve out benefits to the like one percent. This is about Vibada. Yeah. Oh, everybody got Vibad. Oh yeah. Oh my God. My sister-in-law's name, Viva. Oh, I gotta have one. Look out. Gotta have one. No, tell me about it. Yeah. What? <laughs> Jeez. So, t- so, so you're you've got two young kids at home. I do. You got a wife. I do. Is she at home? I love her. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's the best. Well, I don't know. She yeah, she's a, she doesn't work. She stays home with the kids. They're yeah. two and four. I mean, I can't. I and I know a lot of people in this era because it used to be where the dad would work and the woman would stay home with the kids. Uh, I have made that possible for her. She really loves it. Cool. I'm very proud of the fact that my best friend, Vanessa, is at home with my best friend kids and that they're having a good time. Today, every day, they do something super phenomenal, and uh, I'm super happy that I can do that. I guess that, in a nutshell, probably summarizes the majority of the reason why I moved away from comedy and trying to make it big and da something more stable was because stability gives me happiness, especially if I'm providing that for people who need stability, and I think kids need that. So have a stay-at-home mom to me is like a big deal. And do you – I know they're two and four. Do you ever talk to them about money? Do you actually talk to to them about like a choice of you can't have the the panda because you got to – you know, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like how does that conversation go? Well, obviously, it's a point-by-point basis, but one of the things that they know is you got to earn money to have money. You don't just get it. And so that's why dad goes to work, because they're sad when dad goes to work. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be sad, too. I'm amazing. Bob, can you swear on this podcast? Well, I I can. I mean, maybe you can't. Well, fuck that. Okay, well, I'm just checking. I don't know what you're able to do. Well, I'm able to do whatever I'd like, I suppose. I guess so. I'm out of here. Wow! Just kidding. Just see okay. that? Ooh, you got a little nervous. Wow! A little, a little, well, a little I, butt pucker. I wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been unexpected. You know. That's but. true. <laughs> I'm kind of an asshole. I do find that out about myself. It's fine. I'm fine with it. There should be more people like me, just really? telling people what the fuck. Yeah. So, like my kids, that's what I tell them. I'm like, uh, first of all, one of the things. I mean, I teach you my kids how lucky the they are that you're their dad. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. You're so lucky, kids. Yeah. In your face, I'm like super yeah. close to their little tiny faces. Yeah. They're probably terrified inside. But Hopefully. don't look it out in therapy. That's so my dad did it. And look at me. How great I turned out. <laughs> yeah. Great. What are you laughing at? Um, yeah, I'm just... Why would you joy. laugh there? Joy. Joy. Yeah. Was, joy. was that joy? Yeah, it was hmm. pure joy. Yeah. It's funny how your joy comes off as painful to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it you're often, a comic. It often is. Congratulations. <laughs> You've chosen the right industry. You're here at the comedy store. Exactly. Good job. A little bit of pain, a little bit of laughter. Yay. Yeah. Is that on the marquee? Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Is it's it? It's in my drink. Well, um, it was on, I saw yeah. your name on the outside here. You do people did? know on this podcast that are li- listening to this that you you are a regular at the comedy I'm store? Paid and, reg comedy. Do they know that here? Everybody I, that listens to this? Some of them do. Because I just ran into your name outside. I know. You and kicked I'm, my name. Well, I mean, I'm pissed. Yeah. You beat me. Yeah. Freaking turd. Well, I could feel it when you kicked the wall. It 
reverberated because I'm attached oh. to the wall. Well, that's by maybe why you feel so confident all the time when people go by and long to be on the wall and they look at your name and they think, oh my God, if I could just be Bob Wheeler. And then there's a little tiny midget that lives inside of you that tells, Bob, you did it, you did it, you're did a it. winner. That's right. You're almost five foot tall now. You can yeah. do it. Feels, it. Feels look really... over the countertop, oh Bob. I got that. Well, they put it really low so I could see it. They did. That oh, was that's nice. so sweet. I know. They put it at <laughs> so eye level. Sweet. It's like six inches off the ground. It's eye level. I love it. That's kind of like my uh, social life right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> six inches just, off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> barely there. I don't leave the house. No, I'm no. a lot happier at home than I ever have. I realize that I'm a homebody, Bob. All right. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Do you think your kids, how would you compare your kid's life to your life at that age or maybe at five or six? That's an interesting uh, question. I don't remember talking to my father outside of him telling me no. I mean, I know he did, but we certainly didn't converse and he certainly wasn't there all the time. Like I, listen, my dad, this is a different generation. My dad, when they grew, when he grew up was like on the farm working. So he was a kid and he worked. So that's what he knew. So when he grew older, his parenting skills were, I'm off working, providing for the family. And I do the same thing. The difference is when I come home at, let's say four o'clock, I, I go to work at about seven and come home at about four. From 4 to 8, 30 or 8 when the kids go to bed, it's 100% dad and the kids. So the difference is I'm super present and mostly because I got tired of myself. Right. I mean, when you have kids when you're 40 and, and the life that I led up to age 40, which was spring breaks and stand-up comedy and, you know, just all types of craziness, you know. At one point in my life where I was super selfish, Sheldon, I said, this is boring. I mean, this is not satiating. There's nothing here. I remember fucking the girl. <laughs> this is so terrible. But, <laughs> oh, my God. So I used to be, I I guess. Used to be unmarried. I, I used to be single. And but when you're a single guy, you're mistakenly told that you need to consume as much as possible. Right. Vagina, that is. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think. And, that, I, and I won't teach my son that. Don't, yeah. you don't just, that's just not, oh, can I be a slut? I'll, that's, I'm going to get to the top of the slut heap and that's a winning number. No, it's not. It's a low. Yeah, loser. So I remember one day after I'd had sex, like a robot, hi, how are you? What are you doing here? Would you like to bone? I will put it in your butt and then do your mouth. You know, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, like that. I looked in the mirror and I was washing off my dong and I said to myself, oh, there's nothing here. This is an empty. Well, that's because you have a small penis. But what about oh, the wow. feelings? I'm just saying. Well, wow. all I'm saying is. Is anybody else listening to this? Yeah. They, uh, oh, you? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm, this is great. Okay. One other person. Yeah. And I said, there's nothing here. This is. Yeah. And so I got to the, what that. thought was the oh, peak so. of good stuff. <laughs> you know, the sex and the comedy and the this and the that. And there was pretty empty. Yeah. So I don't need to go out and continue to seek that at age 40. I already was there. Right. And instead, I'm putting my energy into really being present with kids that are two and four. And it's really super fun because I did the rest of the stuff. Okay. So just so that's the difference between my dad okay. is that he never had the childhood. Yeah. So later in life, he was a child. And I was a super child for way too long, probably, right. and then started to kind of grow up. Does that make sense? It does. Is that complicated? It's, I feel like you're not listening, Bob. Really? What did you? Wait, what? What? Huh? This is great. Oh, my God. Wait, so the what did you The host job wait, is to you, ask questions you know what, and I then missed, just look off to the side. I, list, I lost that last 15 minutes. It sounded important, though. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> So, so let me ask you this. What have you, like, if you look at your kids now and you look at your life and when you would say, and I know your dad said no a lot, but are there any parallels where you can now see um, your father's position 
like the position he took on something, the no. Oh or yeah, the, like for you, sure. Like one of where the, it was unfair when you were a kid, and now as an adult, you're like, oh, that makes a lot. Well, of the, sense. the advice, cumulative advice I got my dad from my dad was keep your pecker in your pants, mm-hmm. and if you do drugs, I'll kill you. So I guess he doesn't know about so the second part. So if he fucked up on both of those. Because in the meantime, the... I was like, ooh, say no to drugs. Must be fantastic. Ooh. I gotta <clears> do <throat> something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I can see what he meant. It just was out of context. You need to have a relationship to, to impart information to young people. You can't just right. go, I told you so because I told you so. Yeah. So – uh, can I see his point of view on those things? Yeah, but I think maybe they're a little bit more massaged, you know? Right. My dad was a great guy. He was a super provider. And what my dad did, which I want to do for my kids, which is a tough line, is are we friends experiencing life together? Or is this a parent-child scenario where I have to tell you what to do and you have to do it because you have to listen to me? Obviously, you need both, right? Yeah, you need both. I think you it's do a need both yeah, because absolutely. you can't just be friends and then not have. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were friends in that we all did things together all the time, but it was basically doing what my dad wanted, mm-hmm. and then we were along for the ride, which made like really cool. We'd go, we'd go camping, we'd go fishing, we'd go hunting. I never liked any of that shit. Like I was like, why are we outside killing a deer? This sucks. Like I'm <laughs> cold and this sucks. Why are we fishing? Fish are slime. I was. You know, I love to fish. I mean, I don't like well, I don't like to kill deer, but I like to I like to. I like fish. those things sort of now, but I definitely was not an outdoorsy guy. My brothers were outdoorsy. I just kind of like told jokes and like, hey, I got be beers. And, yeah, got beers and wanted to talk about intellectual stuff and blah 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 blah. So they, we were just different human beings. Um, so, did your folks set a standard of we have an expectation that you should live a certain life? You need to go out and be productive. You need to like. Everybody should work hard and put your nose to the grind. Like, what kind of messages did you get as a kid? Did you follow that advice? Yeah. And Good question. I think that um, that was a timing thing from where I was from more than really my parents' expectations. I set a super high standard for myself, and I don't know why. You know, I mean, I just figured, listen, if if the standard is getting A's in in high school, then I'll get all A's. And I did that. I was valedictorian. whoop de doo What does that mean? The problem that I – here's the answer. The problem I never had was what is the perspective on that? So you're a 4.0 valedictorian. Okay. What are you going to do with it? Nobody asked me that. So I just kind of stumbled into the next phase. And then when I stumbled into the next phase, college, I went to school at college thinking, wow, this is going to be really intense intellectual thought. I'm going to self-discovery. No, it was the same shit. So – had somebody stopped me, you know, in 10th grade or 11th grade and said, listen, you, you know, you're a pretty dynamic guy and you're really smart. What do you think you might want to do with that? And can we show you, you know, what that means? Oh, well, I think I want to be a fireman. Okay, well, let's go down to the – talk to a fireman and that's, you know, burning shit down or whatever. I had no perspective and no goals. I just knew how to work hard. So that mm-hmm. left – that kept me a little adrift because there was no perspective. Now, it's interesting because perspective is, again, something I think you apply if you have a relationship with somebody and they're willing to listen. So I think that friendship thing as a parent is important. Um, I never got it. I never got perspective. I never got guidance yeah. because I didn't need it. I did it all on my own. I went and got the A's on my own. I stayed away from drugs on my own. I just thought that that was what you were supposed to do. So what I find interesting about this, and it's a little therapeutic, I suppose, is that I, you do need both guidance and perspective. 
Yeah. Uh, because and I never got perspective. Right. And that kept me a little aloof, I think, not only socially, but intellectually. And I think that prolonged my sort of uh, Peter Pan syndrome out here. Right. Where I, oh, I can be a comic and I can do whatever I want forever and ever and ever and ever. And then all of a sudden I had kids and it was like, no, no, no. You There's responsibilities. So I think I pushed the responsibilities off for a bit. And when they came, I was happy to accept them. Right. You know, so. Well, that's cool. I mean, at least you can see, hey, I got to play. I got to have some fun. I mean, I think like at 14, I was already planning my move out of the house. Um, I Why? Was, oh, I didn't want to be there. Um, yeah. And I wanted to get going on my own life. And I was like, wanted to make my own money. And I was going to go to law school. I had everything like. Because you, you had an, because you were unhappy. Well, because, yeah, I wanted something more. Yeah, but it was because you were unhappy. I was unhappy. I wanted something more, but I didn't know what to do, and I was comfortable where I was, so it didn't propel me to make the choices you made, Yeah, I think. I I, don't know. Yeah, I think for me, um, when my parents got divorced, it was clear there wasn't a lot of money, and so there were things that I had to give up. I didn't get to go on the the biology field trip with everybody else in school because we didn't have any money. And um, so things like that. And I just went, yeah, I don't like this place of not having a lot of choice. Mm. And so I was very determined. I am going to make sure that I create this incredible safety net because nobody else is going to create it for me. And so I was really driven, um, probably obsessive about making sure. And even then I realized even now I could have the freaking biggest safety net, and I'd still be like, it needs to be bigger. It needs to be bigger. So I'm trying, I'm really so, learning to. <clears throat> it's like- interesting. So I had a safety net because I never knew to not have. We right. didn't ask for much. You know, if we went out, like dad said, listen, you can have the hamburger and this, but we're not drinking Cokes or whatever. That's where, you know, can't have that. So we learned that really young when we didn't have money, that there was limits to what we had, and he would tell us that. But later, my dad became a successful banker, and my mom became a successful real estate person. And we had cabins and jet skis and boats and all this fun stuff to kind of just be a party family together right. and stuff like that. So um, now what I realize is to some extent they were happy with stuff. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa and I don't – although it's nice to have a nice car and a few things. We're not so much about stuff. We're about experiencing life. Right. So how you choose to feel confident – uh, we probably overdid it a little bit from a life experience, and now I've, I've got to pay some taxes here and there, and kind of, of those. A, oh, frick! I'm a little bit upside down, but you know, it is what it is. I'm so confident in me that I know. Listen, that's just I just make the adjustment. I do the work a little behind now. Now I get it. I think I'm in a little bit more of a financial learning curve here because even right. though high level I have an understanding of what it is, you got to take the base of your shit and get it together, or else it doesn't matter what the f is going on in the external. And my shit was maybe not so much together because it was like found money. I went from earning zero to getting into the precious metals thing, earning 400 grand one year and going, wow, this is so great. Let's just spend it on everything. Oops, tax man, this and that. And now you're pumped. Yeah. And I'm still out $1,000 on (laughs) JNUG. Everybody is. Just, just saying. Don't. 100%. uh, I get it. Although I actually, I'm I'm up a little bit in terms of, uh, I was even more at a loss. Well, the problem I think I was is like fourteen hundred. I think I've gained four hundred back. The problem is those are derivatives products, and what I realize is they deteriorate over time. So it's oh. like you're you're paying fees and fees and fees and fees, and they're trying to sell out the products. So you have to have real movement, even though it's a multiplier. So you can be the. I've learned this lesson. You can be totally right, but it's, if your timing wrong. is wrong, sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, I, when I was first in, uh, I first got a job with UBS yeah. in Beverly Hills, and a guy said, "You're real smart." Let me give you this book. And it was called The Random Walk Down Wall Street. And what the book said was, listen, 
the markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. So it might not make any sense, but right. you're going to go broke trying to figure it out. Right. And you could be just as bad being ahead of it yeah. than you are behind it. I realize that you want to ride the wave of stupidity and get off before it crashes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you say that. I have I have I have a client who one year he was buying and selling, buying and selling stock. He made like a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to learn everything this guy is doing. He came back the next year and he lost a million dollars. Yeah. And I said, what happened? He said, well, I did exactly the same thing, which just proves that in the first year I was super lucky. And in the second year, yeah. I was just proved that I actually didn't know anything about what I was doing. Totally. And so it was, it was a lot of money. Yeah. I think I now know what, what, what finance is. Finance is taking a look at the risk reward in each category that you're in and making sure that you mitigate 40% losses. Like if you, if you go in and it's taking money off the top. Right. So, you know, there's, I look at it totally different now and I still don't know what I'm doing. And I've been looking at it for pretty, pretty heavily now, five, six years, but I rely on experts and try and take a look at it and, and try and get ahead of it. At the end of the day, I see. I talk to a lot of people on the phone, and there are a lot of people in their 80s that have built an entire life portfolio and have a lot of money, and they're not happy. Right. Money isn't happiness. It is, and not now they're just worried about how to protect it from losses, and they're chomping at the bit. It's like you know, go out and play with your kids and spend some money. Yeah, you know, have fun. Let me ask you this: So, you, when you said earlier that you, on your own, decided to make A's, right? Yeah. So not AIDS. A's. Great grades. Grades. Grade A. <laughs> All right. So um, how would your dad and how would your mom and how would you grade yourself on your financial performances to date? Mom, mom and dad and me together. Uh-huh. Oh, let's well, I mean, see. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, well, uh, I think my mom and dad are aloof as they were when I was younger. So they would if get- they looked at the whole thing, you know, I, I, I could explain to them my choices and I think they would they would understand exactly what I was. I don't think they'd give me an, what would their grade be? Yeah. Their grade probably right now would be a B. All right. You know, uh, myself, how I grade myself financially. I think, it, 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 you know, it's all to me, it's earnings versus spending, right? Earnings. I'm doing very well. Okay. And, you know, spending, I could do better. And that's what I've been doing is right. say, listen, this person that comes in and takes care of the kids and is a thousand, $1,200 a month. She got to go. Yeah. And this, that, and then, you know, and it's also a temporal thing. There's going to be costs that come in. Like right now we've got costs for the kids that won't go, will go away once we put them in these charter schools and stuff. Yeah. And like so, food and like stuff like not that. Not food, where they want to the, eat. the cost of like the, you know, the monthly, they send them to these little schools before in the TK and all this yeah. bullshit. So these are costs that are coming up that, you know, it is what it is. What I, what I grade myself on right now. Oh God, C plus Depending on spending is needs to improve. Okay. That'll move my earnings up to B or B. So probably similar to what my parents would think. And what would Vanessa grade you? Well, I think she thinks I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. So, but she's probably similar to me, you know, mm-hmm. B minus ish, you know. Your kids would probably give you an A. Because kids think I'm phenomenal. Right. Because there's not anything. That's the great that, thing about a two-year-old and a four-year-old. and There's not, well, what do they go? They don't go for not. They, they, yeah. they travel all the time. They do fun stuff. They dress well, blah, blah, blah. You know, so they think they don't have a clue. They're aloof. I mean, I do give them like a silver coin. I said, this is money and hold on to it and don't lose it and try and do these weird training things with them so that they're aware of it. And this, okay, you know, Vanessa, yesterday Madeline said, here, I have this dress. You know, you're you're selling me this. You're making this dress. I said, oh, I'm a, I produce the dress. I, I'm going to manufacture it and make it. No, no, no. You're just, I just get it from you. Okay, so I have a retail store. 
and you're selling it to me. What's my markup and stuff? I actually do weird stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Because I think it's important. Yeah. I was very bright. I didn't know what. It, I mean, it's just you need financial awareness is completely different than social and and etiquette and uh, and smart and all the stuff. It's a grounding in mathematics and simplicity and supply demand, and it takes an awareness of that. And I want Madeline to have that and Miles to have that both, for sure. No, that's well, that's cool. It makes me laugh because I'm thinking about when I was a kid, we worked really hard to get our allowance. And then our parents would take our allowance. Oh, really? I'd be mean, like, where'd my money go? Yeah, I borrowed that. Well, we had a big family. Yeah. And um, I can see that it would have been hard yeah. with five kids. Allowance is smart. I know, you know, I haven't got to that point with the kids yet because, yeah. you know, they don't do shit. Madeline, you know, she does some things, but Miles is too, you know. He's got to play his guitar. He's the best, dude. Yeah. The kids are the best. It's the best. What um, is there when you go out with the family and you go into a store or like when you're getting ready to do a financial purchase, is there – is there like a mantra that comes up or do you take pause and say, well, we've got this much in the bank and I'm only going to spend – like do you have a budget when you go out to go to the store? Now like- there is. I mean I think I came from – what happened was like I said, I sort of hit the jackpot a little bit and then my – and then I got apathetic and the, and the earnings came back – came came down. The yep. spending kind of stayed the same. So now I had to lose the apathy and get on my horse again. So now I'm on my horse and the earnings are coming up and the spending's kind of – I had to – Pare it down, so now the spending's at an, a, a manageable level. Right. Um, financially, I get a gut reaction to things when I go and think I'm going to spend money or make a thing. I have a gut check that happens. There's a physical gut mm-hmm. check, and so I check that gut check as much as I can against financial reality. I was going to buy, for example, today um, a, a, a vacation package just to Mexico. It was all inclusive because it was on Travel Zoo and it was a cool place. And I might still do it when I get home. I don't know. <clears throat> but I wasn't going to do it time-wise because it didn't make sense unless today I did well financially, and today I actually made a bunch of money. So now am I still going to do it? I could do it easily. My, you know, like I had a rent. Today was a good day for me. I made 14K. I had a, this other thing come in that made my credit limit pop and all this other stuff, and so it was like money, 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 money is right. good. And I was, but I, and normally I would have for sure said let's take it and do that, but now I have to apply it against like what does that mean for time away from work? What is that? How does it expense? What does it really mean expense wise? Because I know this is only fifteen hundred, but then to fly the kids out there is three, so that means it's going to cost me ten. So, yeah, I had I I really got super high about four or five months ago and sat in the backyard and just thought about finances and the the mantra was you need to do two things. Number one, focus on your earnings, and number two, take care of your your outflow. So you need to work on both inflow and outflow. And I wrote it all down, and then that became my mantra, and I've been applying that because it was a little out of control, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. And how in today's with everything going on and the money coming in and stuff, what safety net are you building for your family? Like right now, are you consciously like putting away funds? Are you focused on that? Are you mostly focused on I still want to have the experiences and I trust the universe a bit or like? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm I'm so part of it is the job that I'm in because I'm selling into a job that the worse the economy gets and things get difficult for people, the better off I'll be. Right. So that's just the nature of the place that I've put myself in for the next three to five years. That is its nature. I'm doing secondary stuff where I'm looking at different options Mm -hmm. to see, okay, can there be a branch that branches out and there's another earning level? I'm doing the retirement funding at at levels that I can. Last year I didn't, but this year I'll max it out again. And then I've got the shore of you know, $500,000 in case I shit the bed and die that they'll go off. 
And then, of course, my family on that side, there'll be some money coming in. So they're 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 okay now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great question. I don't know, Bob, if I'm where I'm at on is it a future or is it now? Yeah. I think really right now it's it's stopping the bleeding to some extent because it just I just shot my wad the first year basically. Right. So yeah, but I'm always thinking about the kids. I think part of the thing about I was thinking about this before the show because I didn't know what we were going to be talking about, but I want to set the kids up. Not so much financially, but emotionally and from a financial awareness perspective that if I die, I can set them out in the middle of fucking Kenya mm-hmm. and they can take care of things because they'll have an awareness of where, what's the risk, what's the reward, where's the benefits. You know, they'll have a super awareness. And I think that is completely invaluable. It's not about what you give them financially. Right. It's about the tool set. I'm going to give the kids a sick ass tool set. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Bob. I like tools. Tools. Tools are cool, man. Am I a little too serious today? I mean, this no. is like financial. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, sometimes we have people that, you know, crack jokes and do funny things, but we don't have to do that every time. <laughs> I think I've just, become so much more direct now that I'm yeah. just, it's like I'm a dad, I'm in finance, and it's like you want to ask, I think, and be honest, the stuff that I that I talk about as far as like setting the kids up, it's, it's well vetted. Yeah, no, it's, for sure. You know, like I've thought about this stuff. It's not, you know, without consequence. But do so. you miss, do you miss being on stage? Do you miss performing? Do you miss the creativity, making your music videos? It's yeah, a good question. I think if I did, I would do it. Meaning yeah. if I missed it so much, I'd apply the energy and time towards it. Right. It's a risk reward there too. Yeah. The risk is the time away from the kids. Yeah. The reward is not clear. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. what is it that I was going for in the first place? Right. What is it? Self-aggrandizement? Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Uh, uh, to get my word out. If I wanted to get my word out, I'd build a Twitter f- profile and really start working on it. But every time I even go to make a tweet, I'm like, yeah, this is silly. Twit. <laughs> you know, it's just silly that everybody gives a fuck about all this white noise when the beauty and simplicity of love is in the interpersonal relationships right next to us. Right. What is the fucking point of the rest of it? We keep going over there instead of staying right here. Gibberish. Gibberish. Time waste. Well, let me ask you this, because we're coming to the close. Oh, Bob. And I know you got to go party. But um, where can people find you? I mean, I know. That's just it. Hopefully nowhere. Nowhere? I think that's the goal. I'm trying to deleverage from all this shit. Like, you know, I have a funny money podcast. Well, do you? Well, we. People could find you there. You know, if you want more. Well, that's true. If you want a perspective on. I think a larger perspective, note to note, if you go to Funny Money Podcast on iTunes and take a look at that, there's a hundred episodes of the perspective. And I think what I like about that is that we bounce, you and I, off subject matters that matter to people. And so I think to me, it's informative for people that need help with finance. I think that would be a good position to start. Yeah, absolutely. But don't look me up after that. Like, okay, after that, just yeah. stop looking. Yeah. He's at home with the kids. Yeah, you got time for that shit. All right. Well, if you had a good time, don't forget to share the laughs or not the laughs. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed it, tell everybody. If you didn't, just shut your mouth. Until next time. Thank you. See you, Bob. <laughs>